We believe it, Lord, with all our hearts here tonight, Jesus. And we believe, Lord, and we're so grateful, Lord, for the sacrifice Lord, that you have made for us, Jesus. Come on. Yeah. Let's sing our victory song tonight, Jesus. The cross is my beginning. The line drawn in the sand. The end of all my strife. Now I am born again. That Jesus was forsaken. So I will never be. His grace is my salvation. The gift of God. The work of Calvary, it is done, it is finished, Christ has
I'd like for you to take your seats quietly to hear what I have to say. I want to introduce you to our Lenten season. Today is the beginning of Lent. For some, it's Ash Wednesday. The original meaning of the ashes was that it is supposed to remind us of our death, that from dirt we came, from dust we came, to dust we will return. The reason we don't do ashes is because the Bible says when a man or a woman goes into fasting, you're not supposed to do it grudgingly. You're not supposed to show off and go walk around all moping. What's wrong with you? I'm fasting. You're supposed to live like a normal life. You're supposed to do it between you and God. But in this time, it's a time of reflection. It's a time to say, Christ has died. Christ has risen. Christ is going to come again. And for me to live is Christ, but to die is even gain. So it's a time for us to say that someday we will die because for some reason we think we're going to live forever and our spirit will, but these bodies are going to die. And sometimes they die young and sometimes they die old, but they will die. So for the next 47 days, I'm inviting you to follow me on a devotional. So hopefully you have Facebook or hopefully you have Instagram. And I'm going to be posting on Facebook and Instagram, either my Facebook or the church's Facebook. I'm going to be posting a devotional every day and I started today. But the whole purpose of this is to guide us down a path so that when we get here to celebrate the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ, we have emptied ourselves. We have examined ourselves. We have shed ourselves from those things that don't need to be a part of our life. But we have also been praying fervently for people that need to come to know Jesus Christ as our Lord and our Savior. That you and I would model that and we would pray for our family. We would pray for our loved ones. We would pray for people you go to school with and live next door or live with or just do life with. So I want to encourage you to join me and join all of us here at New Beginnings to prepare for Easter where we celebrate the greatest day of the Christianity where Christ came back from the dead to give us victory over sin. So as you stand with me, we're going to go to the Lord in prayer. And Heavenly Father, right now, we dedicate ourselves completely to you. Over the next few weeks, Lord, we're going to be in a moment of fasting sometimes. We're going to be praying other times. We're going to be celebrating other times. We're going to be inter, real interflection, Lord, of our life and praying for our family, not judging them, but looking at them saying, oh my goodness, I need to pray for my sister and her marriage. I need to pray for our loved ones. And so I'm...
in that journey. So Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, we're praying for ourselves first of all because we want to make sure to align our life with you, to align our life to follow you and seek you and follow Lord you all the way to the very end, till our last breath when you call us home. But over the next, Father God, 47 days till Easter Sunday, God, we are going to dedicate ourselves to be fasting, to be praying, to be seeking you, to be praying for our loved ones in our community and for our leaders, praying for our church leaders and our civic leaders and our city and national leaders and our world leaders. And God, we're going to be praying that we see the power of God manifest over the next 47 days and on Resurrection Sunday, on Easter Sunday, we're going to be inviting people and we're going to pack this church out, not for numbers sake, but for soul's sake, because every number has a soul. And we want to see people come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ and be delivered from whatever habit, hurt, or hang up they might be dealing with. So in Jesus' name, Lord, we commit ourselves for this Lenten season. In Christ's name we pray. And God's people said amen. Continue to worship. Worship him. Join us. bowing to the Savior. Resurrection power over every Lord, and we thank you for that. 
God, some of us are struggling through this week, Lord. Work has been difficult. Home life has been rough, God. And so we lift that up to you, Lord, because we know that no matter what the enemy tries to tell us, God, no matter what we try to convince ourselves of, you still have victory over those battles, God. And we thank you for that, Lord. We continue to lay them down at your feet, God. We thank you. We praise you. And we lift up our our worship to you, God. We love you, and it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. 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 Why don't we take this time of fellowship and praise, and let's take a moment to greet our neighbors. Good evening, my family. Good evening, my family. Hey, I want to welcome you into his house tonight, church. Um, Goodness, uh, if that's not the enemy trying to get a hold of us, I don't know what is. Amen? He's trying to interrupt what the Lord is doing tonight, and we're not going to allow that tonight. Technical problems never seem to fail us as I'm switching the batteries as we speak. Amen? Never fails us. Hey, church, we want to welcome you. My name is Michael Romero, your worship and arts pastor here at New Beginnings. I want to remind you of a few things. Church, uh, before I move forward, we have a special guest tonight that I want to bring up. But before I do that, church, I want to remind you of a couple of things. Church, uh, don't forget that Youth Camp, a lot of you have been asking about Youth Camp and the fundraising opportunities that we've been doing. Church, uh, the counterculture counter is open to the public. And so if you need help with checking out candy or registering your student, please feel free to do that. There at the counter, we're going to have... Uh, on Wednesday nights and on Sundays between first and second service, we're going to have some people there helping you do that, uh, checking out the candy. Uh, and uh, students that are in the room, I implore you to please talk to your parents. Some, some students are here tonight without their parent or guardian. And I say, look, talk to them, ask them questions about camp, um, see what it's all about. Maybe ask permission to go get, have them reach out to us, get the link, do whatever you have to do. There's the brochures because we really want you to participate. You know, Sunday we were at 50% capacity. Now it's a lot less when you make those announcements because um, the thing that it is is that we are partnered with churches from around the state uh, with our movement, with the Church of God movement, and they're all sending students as well. And so we have allotted just only like 80 spots for for the congregation here at New Beginnings, and they're filling up really, really fast. And so, church, I implore you, please look into that because we really, really want your participation. Again, we're looking for sponsorships. So if you don't have a student to send, uh, please uh, prayerfully consider sponsoring uh, one of the youth. Um, or uh, you can drop off your donation either at the counterculture uh, table or you can drop it off at one of the tithing boxes uh, here. Just put an envelope and just put summer youth camp 
and that would be perfect. And add your name to that because we would love to thank you for that. But church, uh, you know, so many things that we're doing here at New Beginnings, you and I have always partnered because uh, one of the things, what, what we do here at New Beginnings, once you walk out and when you walk in, you see that we reach up, reach in, and reach out. And one of our outreach um, ministries, uh, or rather one of the outreach initiatives that we have is a lot of recovery and uh, helping people, giving a hand, as we say, reach up, right? Giving a hand up to those. And church, one of those ministries that we partner indirectly through not only under his construction with Angel Tree, but also with Frontline Resurrection is Prison Fellowship. And we partner with Prison Fellowship in an indirect way and directly through these two ministries. And there is an opportunity for those that have been asking for quite some time now about jail ministry and how can we get involved and how does one get involved in maybe prison or jail ministry, the opportunity is here and it is open to you, church. If that's something that you have a passion for and you say, I would love to reach out uh, and help those uh, behind bars and help them transform their lives, amen, because that's what it's all about, amen, that's what it's all about, and so I want to bring somebody up, I want to bring Sister Renee up, and we're going to talk a little bit about the opportunity that has come up, you know, last time we did this, Renee, step over here with me, my sis, uh, you know, the last time we did this, um, there, there were a lot of uh, restrictions that, that were not allowing for so many to go in, um, you had to be vaccinated, uh, this many times or that special vaccine, this special whatever. Um, not going to get into all that. But church, though, those restrictions have been lifted and the opportunity has come up once again. Um, I understand that Nathan Hill, who is the regional director for Prison Fellowship over New Mexico and Arizona, yep. correct? He's going to be with us at the end of the month. So we have just a few short weeks that if you're interested and you say, man, the Lord is pushing me in this direction um, Frontline Resurrection and Sister Renee, who partners directly with Prison Fellowship, and you and I partner with them. That's how you and I are partnering together with them. Church, they have an opportunity. So, Renee, tell us a little bit about that table that's set up. If I go and sign up, what does that look like for me? Um, tell me what, should I, what I should expect. Sure. So, um, um, as you said, you know, uh, Nathan Hale will be here the last Sunday of this month. And so we're generating a list. We started um, last or uh, this Sunday, and we have a full page of uh, participants. Already? Yes. Awesome. And so what that looks there's like no, there's is... There's no limit, right? There's no limit Amen. because, um, you know, it makes it great if we have a huge team going in because then we can work out scheduling, right? And, right. and so it's not always on... The burden's not always on us as far right. as the travel time and For stuff sure. like that. So it works out really well. So there's... The, so we're going into the women's, uh, of course. And so what that looks like is you would sign up at the end of the month. We would um, get with Nathan. He's going to bring the curriculum. He's going to show us what it's about. And then we're going to sign up for a, a prison uh, training, which is over Zoom. It's, uh, you know, about an hour and a half long. And then, you know, Nathan's going to walk us through the curriculum. But what we're going to do, you're not going to just go, go in blind. Sure. So after you're signed up and you're cleared through corrections, um, if, if you're a woman, you're going to go with me. And we're going to go in to about 30 or 40 women who are hungry and ready for us to, you know, to hear, you know, and see the love of Jesus through us. And so you'll get to walk with me um, uh, uh, a couple times just to see how it's done. Right. And then you're going to get with God, and then we're going to send you in to do, uh, to teach, to lead. Amen. If you want to be the, you know, the lead, 
And if not, you, we're going to, you know, team you up with myself or another seasoned leader, and you're going to go in as a team until you're confident enough to do it on your own. And the same thing with the men. The difference about the men is, um, you know, maybe I'll go in um, to show you how a leader or uh, an academy class is, is, is ran, and then um, hopefully we'll multiply and we'll go into the three prisons in our surrounding uh, cities, and, and, and you'll be able to lead your own team. So that was my next question is, which correctional facilities, how far is travel time? But you know, all those questions are going to be answered yeah. for you. So the f- next step, that if the Lord is pushing you in that direction, he's saying, I want you to get involved, and you're saying, well, I don't feel... Look, pray about it. Yeah. Really seek the Lord. Seek him, seek him, seek him. Ask questions. Yes. Next step is, there's a table out there, right? You have some team members out there. Sign your name up. Put your name down. They're going to get a hold of you. They're going to send you an email. They're going to call you. They're going to yeah. follow up with you. Yep. And then, like Sister Renee said, quick recap of what we just spoke about. Quick Zoom meeting, maybe 30, 40 minutes long. They're going to kind of go over the curriculum of this is what it looks like. If you want to go to the next step, you're going to go to the next step. And that means going in there with uh, the best trainer there is, right? <laughs> this yeah. this woman right here, she's, she's on fire and has such a passion for this. And so, church, look, don't miss this opportunity. If that's something that you've been talking to the Lord about it. That's something that he's been kind of poking and prodding you at. So church, I thank you so much, my sister. Go ahead. Real quick. Yes, one more please. thing is, um, you know, if you've never been in, in, yeah. in behind the walls, we will take you in on a hope event where it's not, you know, all, you know, where you see the whole prison and you get to just minister and worship with, with the people that come to the chapel or the gym or wherever we have it. So you can get a feel of what it feels like walking mm-hmm. in okay. and what the population looks like too. So if you want to do that one time, just to go check it out, we're like going to also be like sending a, like a ride along. Yeah. It's, right? it's, yeah. it's like a, yep. It's a Holy ghost uh, showdown in that place. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, my sis. Thank you so very much. So church, what an amazing opportunity for us to get involved, right? In 1982, July the 7th, when pastor Richard rolled into town with his wife of what, two years and, 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 and a little baby in his arms, uh, Ricky was three months old. They said, we're going to heal and restore lives to the love of Jesus Christ. That's what it's all about. That's what you and I do, church. And we want to thank you for that. We want to thank you for your continued support in those initiatives to reach out, to reach up and reach in. That's what you and I do every week. Church, if you want to participate and you're saying, well, maybe I don't have that kind of free time. And you're saying, well, church, I, I implore you, the way you participate is with the obedience of the tithe and your giving. That's how you and I make a difference. That's how we can send out teams into into the darkness, into this world, right? Because it's not just behind this wall, these walls. It's about out there, sending out the crew, sending out the soldiers, throwing out the nets onto the, to the other side of the boat. So church, I implore you, if you haven't done that, the ways to give and you say, I want to get involved. Well, this is how you can get involved if you can't be the boots on the ground. You can give and you can obey in the tithe. And the ways to do that electronically, if you want to do that for the first time, you can set it up in just a couple of minutes. Ways to do that electronically are behind me on the screen or in front of you at home. Or you can drop off your tithe, and in, whether it be cash or a check in an envelope in one of the tithing boxes, the entryways of this sanctuary. Thank you so very much, church, for your attention. Those Church, I want to turn it over to Pastor because get ready for the fire. Pastor Richard Mansfield, please. Praise the Lord. Amen. I'm telling you, um, I keep forgetting that today is Valentine's Day because I was focusing on other things. 
and I see my staff all wore red today, at least the women, okay? Uh, Pastor Mike didn't, I didn't, and the women all wore red, and I go, wow, you guys all wore red today. That's so cool. And then I go, oh, it's Valentine's Day. Oh, my gosh. And uh, so I quickly ordered some flowers, and, uh, and uh, thank God that Pastor Sonia yeah, has a flower business that her and Pastor Chris have part of their, uh, you know, their training in you uh, under his construction. They they do flowers, and so she delivered this gorgeous bouquet of flowers. So Cindy, if you're watching, um, be surprised when I bring it home, okay? Uh, but uh, but you know what? Uh, this is the last service, a series of Family Matters. We've been doing this series called Family Matters, and we're looking at the matters of a family, those issues that we deal with in family. And we've also been focusing on the family because families matter. And nowadays, it seems like families don't matter to people. Uh, They're throwaway, and I don't understand it. People throw away their children, they throw away their parents, they throw away their spouses, they throw away each other, and God instead wants us to really be a close unit of love, of real genuine love. Now, I know this service today, I'm talking about marriage, but those of you that are single, take notes so that if you get married, you'll try to do it right. And if you don't get married, you still get to help those in your family that are married. So I want to talk about marriage clothing today, okay? But the marriage clothing it talks about in the Bible. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 4 through 7, the word says, love is patient and kind. Now, we don't have to have lessons on how to be patient or kind, yet a lot of times we're not. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud. Oh, my goodness, now it's getting pretty personal. Or it's not rude. Love does not demand its own way. Oh, my gosh, I've already been guilty of a few of these things. How about you? It is not irritable. It keeps no record of being wronged. So get rid of your little black sin book where you write down the sins people do against you. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up. Love never gives up. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through every circumstance. So, Lord, in the name of Jesus, I pray right now that you help us to really grab a hold of this. And we could really try to live this out with your power and strength, that you will give us the ability to do so. And I pray in Christ's name, amen. Look, the very first thing, if we're going to put on marriage clothing and we're going to use this as the standard, 
the first thing we need to do is clean out our closet, okay? So you need to look in your, your closet of your life, the closet of your life of how you live, the closet of your life of how you literally treat people and you function. In the book of Colossians chapter 3, verses 5 through 9, it really tells us what we should look for in clothing. And this clothing should be something that we should be proud to wear, so we need to get rid of some stuff. Have you ever looked in your closet, especially if you're an older person and you've been around for a while, and you look in your closet and you have stuff from 1985? <laughs> we need to clean out the closet. Some of you still have your disco, the, the, the polyester suits that we wore. The men used to wear, you remember? Remember? I remember. Orale. You know, it's like, <laughs> we just, we hold on to stuff. I'll fit into that someday. Bullseye. Someday will never come. You know, it's like, so this is what we should be cleaning out of our life. Okay? Colossians 3, verse 5 through 8, 9. So put to death the sinful earthly things that are lurking within you. Uh, so you got to take a deep look in the closet of your life, those things that are lurking within you have nothing to do with sexual immorality. So get your dress of sexual immorality, throw it away. Get your disco shirt of sexual immorality, throw it away. Impurity. Those impure thoughts, those impure actions, those things, get rid of that. So get rid of the clothing of lust. I'm not going to lust after position, power, or people. And it says, an evil desires. So I need to get rid of all that kind of clothing. Now, I'm not talking about actual clothing. I'm talking about spiritual clothing that you've been wearing, that you're carrying around, the sexual immorality, the impurity, the lust, the evil desires. Don't be greedy, for a greedy person is an idolater. Worshipping the things of this world. Because of these sins, the anger of God is coming. You used to do these things when your life was still part of the world. We're not part of the world anymore. We're just passing through. Amen? We're citizens of heaven. We're only recruiting people. We're in a recruiting assignment. Recruiting people to take them home. So it says, you used to be, but you're not a part of this world anymore. But now is the time to get rid of anger and rage and malicious behavior and slander and dirty language. Don't lie to each other, for you have stripped off your old sinful nature and all it's wicked deeds. So clean out the closet. 
Take a good spiritual look at your life and say, where am I, man? What am I doing? Am I living a, a wretched life? Am I caring about some of these behaviors? Am I looking like that? Father, forgive me. Forgive me because I don't want to look like that. I don't want to act like that. I don't want to wear that. I want to get rid of that. So God, I'm going to clean it out. But don't give it away. Don't take it to Goodwill or to, to UHC or, or to God's Warehouse or to Frontline Resurrection. Take it to the dump where you give it at the cross of Jesus and say, I'm giving this clothing of my old wicked self to be put under the foot of Jesus Christ. I'm cleaning my life out. I've got to do that, Lord, because God's word tells me I've got to get rid of this kind of clothing. I've got to get rid of this kind of behavior. I've got to get rid of these kinds of actions. I've got to get rid of these things that are lurking within us. And we say, oh, I'm, golly, pastor, you make us sound really bad. They'll kill you. They'll take you to hell. To hell. Listen, there's a heaven and there's a hell. And there's a lot of people in hell that thought they were going to get to heaven because they were good people. There's a lot of good people. There's only one person that's really good, and that's God. Everyone else, ah, you might be all right, but you're still a messed up sinner that needs the grace of God. Amen? I mean, just think about some of the weird thoughts that come. You're all happy, go lucky. You're in the presence of God. You're worshiping God. You're right here at church. Or you're watching online, and you're watching church, and all of a sudden you're like, oh, praise God. God is so good. He opened your eyes. You go, holy cow, she's a fox. Man, look at that lady. Oh, my gosh, that dude is so handsome. Man, if I could just go with him. Get that thought out of your mind. What's wrong with us? That's the devil tempting you, even in the very presence of Almighty God. Why? Because he wants you to keep and hold on to your old clothing. Instead, he goes, get rid of it. Look what he says in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 25 through 27. So stop lying. Get rid of lying. Let us tell our neighbors the truth, for we're all part of the same body. So we're part of the same body, guys. So don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you're still angry. For anger gives a foothold to the devil. He sticks his foot in there, and man, he'll take you down. He'll take you down. Oh my gosh, you make it sound so dramatic. Anger will destroy a marriage. It'll destroy a family. Some of you men don't know how to have a normal inside voice. You just go from, hey, hey, son. It's like, calm down. Chill out. But it's not just the men. Ladies, I've seen some of your veins pop out on your neck. You're not only screaming, but even your nails come out. I'm like, I'm like, oh my gosh, man, Cruella de Vil's in the house. 
So look what he says in look 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 what he says in verse thirty one. We're still in Ephesians chapter four, now verse thirty one. He goes, Get rid of all bitterness. Man, if you weren't here on Sunday, you need to look up the service and you need to follow. I'm telling you, there was such a move of God here this past Sunday. And many, hundreds went to the cross and forgave people. Hundreds, hundreds and hundreds of people did that. And it was absolutely amazing what took place. And that was absolutely wonderful of people that have been contacting me saying, Pastor, oh my gosh, Pastor, I, I forgave people that I never thought I could ever forgive. And I, I feel like I could breathe again. Because they got rid of their bitterness. They also got rid of their rage and anger, it says, and harsh words and slander. Now, slander, see, we think slander is just saying something wrong about somebody. But see, it's like literally saying this, like, oh, you always do that. That's not all true. They don't always do it. But you're slandering their name. They, they never do that. Yes, they do. Are you worsening? Don't use the words always and never because they're real explosive words. But see, it says don't slander, don't exaggerate, as well as all types of evil behavior. So now we know what you need to clean out of the closet of your life. The emotional, psychological, spiritual wickedness that lurks inside of your life. Now, now we're going shopping for new clothes. Now, ladies, calm down, calm down. Men, calm down. We're not going to go spend money. We're going to go shopping in the Jesus boutique. We're going to go shopping at his store. And we're going we're gonna to go down Colossian Lane. And we're going down Colossian instead of Rodeo Drive. We're going down Colossian Drive, chapter 3, verses 12 through 15. And now we're going to pick out some new clothing. And here it goes. Since God chose you, you've been chosen by God. I've been chosen by God. We've been chosen by God. I don't know about you. That like thrills me to death because... Look, I was really, really good at football and baseball. I was beyond horrible at basketball. I was bad. I was really, really bad. But I played basketball anyway. I, I was always just a jock, and I played everything, but I wasn't good at it. So you remember at P.E. when they had teams, and you had two leaders, and they'd line you up, and you'd pick teams? Dude, I was one, if they were playing basketball, I was one of the last ones to be picked. And I'd be going, God, please let me be picked. Please let me be picked. Don't let me be the last one. And sometimes it'd just be me and some other guy. All right, I'll take Mansfield and you take Dolph. I'll take Mansfield and you take Bruce. And I'd be all like, Tola, we man, golly. They really didn't want you, but they got to take you because you're part of the P.E. class. <laughs> Since God chose you, he chose us. You're in line. He goes, Richard, come here. You're like, me, really? God, thank you, God. He's chosen us. He's chosen you at home. 
He chose you to be his holy people that he loves. You must clothe yourself then. So now he's saying, let's get some new clothing. Let's go shopping. Come into my boutique. And let's, here you go. Here, I want you to get some tender-hearted mercy. I got it over here, mijo. Right over here. This one fits you. Perfect. Oh, mijita, this one looks beautiful on you. It fits you perfect. I don't only want you to have tender-hearted mercy, but kindness. Kindness. I want you to be kind. I want you to be kind to your husband. I didn't hear one amen. I want you to be kind to your wife, to your son and daughter, your brother and sister, your friend and neighbor, your co-workers, people you go to school with. He wants us to be kind. And he says, clothe yourself with humility and with gentleness and with patience. Wow. Can you see how good you look? You got all that on you now? And people are looking at you and going, dude. Where have you been shopping, man? You look good. I've never seen you with tender-hearted mercy. I've never seen you with kindness and humility and gentleness and patience. You're amazing. And also, don't forget this one. Get, make sure you have this garment that makes allowance for each other's faults. Ay, 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 ay. Do I have to? Yes. And forgive anyone who offends you. Anyone? Anyone. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Above all, clothe yourself with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. Then he says, and let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts, as for as members of one body, you are called to live in peace and always be thankful. So man, can you see the clothing you have now? You just went shopping. You have new clothing. Some of you are all, you know when you get new clothing, sometimes you're uncomfortable. Sometimes you're trying to like get, hey, I haven't been kind in a long time. I don't, I kind of forgot how to be kind. Now snap out of it and be kind. Because before you know it, you're like, oh my gosh. Have you ever bought a shirt or a blouse or that when you put it on, you're like, oh, man, this was made for me. And it just fits like you go like, oh, man, I love the material. This is tender-hearted mercy, kindness and humility and gentleness and patience and forgiveness. Oh, man, is that what it felt like? I haven't wore this in a long time. Time to wear it out, baby. Wear it out because there's more where that comes from. In 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 3 and 4, Peter says, Don't be concerned about outward beauty of fancy hairstyles. Now, that doesn't mean you can't get all fancy. But some people overdo it. Expensive jewelry. There's nothing wrong with wearing jewelry. It's not a sin to wear jewelry. I have a ring. I have a, I have a chain I wear, and it's a, a, a crucifix. I, or not a crucifix, but a cross. And, and, and you, you know, some people have bracelets, and they have a watch. And it, there's nothing, it's not a sin to wear jewelry. It says, or beautiful clothes. 
There's nothing wrong with wearing beautiful clothes. But keep it in balance. Keep it in balance. It says you should clothe yourself instead with the beauty that comes from within. The unfailing beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit which is so precious to God. So he's saying, there's nothing wrong with having a nice hairdo. There's nothing wrong with having a beautiful dress and beautiful outfit and a beautiful hairstyle and jewelry. But let me tell you something. How many times have you seen like a drop-dead gorgeous husband, man or woman and you go, oh my gosh, she's gorgeous. And there's a bunch of ladies, because ladies check out women more than men do even. Men just say, wow, she's gorgeous. Ooh, wow. Men go, women go, oh my gosh, she's gorgeous. Oh, but she thinks she's all that. Oh, look at her walking around with those. She can't even walk with those high heels. She can't even wear, And she's trying to pull off that outfit. Who does she think she is? And women are brutal. But how many times have you seen that drop-dead gorgeous man or woman? And someone goes, man, did you see that dude in the outfit? Did you see him in that suit? Did you see that lady? God. And you go, where? You go, right there. You go, oh, go talk to her for five seconds. Go talk to him for five seconds. You want to throw up. Because they're so into themselves. Haven't you seen people like that? That they're narcissistic? That you're going like, oh, my gosh. And they're so... Oh, yes, I am just beautiful, everything. I do my lips. And, and I've even taken shots in the butt. And, and I've, I've got all the right parts. But, man, you're missing a heart, baby. You're missing a heart. See, they, 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 they have focused on the wrong thing. He says, get a beautiful and quiet spirit. A gentle spirit. That doesn't mean you're all gentle and little, all foo-foo and delicate and you're quiet. That means non-combative. It means non, you don't fight all the time. So all of a sudden you go, hey, babe, let's get ready, man. We're going to church. Okay. I don't know. If, I don't even know what to wear. Hey, where's that, where's that red blouse you have? I don't have a red blouse. Yeah, babe, the red blouse. You just bought it like two weeks ago. I don't have a red blouse. And then she walks out with the red blouse he's talking about. He goes, that's your red blouse. This is not red. This is royal crimson. Oh, my. Excuse me. It's, -com it's combative. It's like, you know what he was saying? Say, so he didn't call it the right name, royal crimson. But the red blouse, you got it, you got it. It's not red. Put calling it red. Oh, my gosh. See, it, it's that kind of spirit that keeps you apart. And it, and it breaks relationships. Even if you're not in a romantic relationship, just with a friend to a friend. It, 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 it's like, what's wrong with us? In, in Ephesians 4.32, he says, instead, be kind to each other. Don't you remember tender-hearted, forgiving one another? But they had to put this in the Bible. Why did they have to put this part in the Bible? Tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as God, through Christ, has forgiven you.
Like, oh, man. See, because we like to forgive at our level. I'll forgive you if you get at the back of the church and come up on your knees all the way, on your knees crawling, and beg for forgiveness. Or I'll forgive you if um, you have to give yourself 50 lashes and, uh, and then make me some tacos afterwards. <laughs> or I'll forgive, but are you with me? See, we make all these conditions. He says, forgive like God did. The Bible says, while we were yet sinners, he forgave us. That means he forgave us before we even asked him. That means you're supposed to forgive your wife even before she asks. Oh, come on, pastor. Don't say that. You're supposed to forgive your husband even before he asks. Oh, come on, pastor. You're supposed to forgive your children. <laughs> That's a tough one. Because they almost never ask. Or your parents. Or your siblings. So, once you get the new clothing, you know what you do with it? You show it off. Show off your new clothing. Oh, check it out, man. Oh, you got some new threads. Yeah. Tender-hearted mercy, patience, gentleness, humility, forgiveness, even before they ask. I don't hold faults against others. I, I, I love, I care. Man, dude, you look good. I saw so many of you out there in the mall and out there before you came into the sanctuary and I said, man, you look good. And people were like, yeah. Ew, my, mate, my wife got me all decked out. My, my husband got me all decked out. We, got, we, we even match. Matching hair, matching shirt, matching socks, matching pants. I said, stop right there. You don't have to tell us the rest. That matches. But you see, they were showing off their beauty. I went to the back with a prayer, with a worship team, and I said, oh my gosh, there's so many people that just came so decked out, and they're, they're going to renew their vows, and they look beautiful. I'm all excited, like a little kid. Like, hi, you look so pretty, and you look so handsome. Way to go, guys. You did it. You did it. Your wife might have said, oh, please do it. And you're like, okay. <laughs> and you did it. You see, in Colossians chapter 3, verse 18 and 19, it tells us to show it off. Show off our new clothing. It says, wives... Show it off by submitting to your husband and is fitting for those who belong to the Lord. And he says, husbands, show it off by loving your wives and never treat them harshly. Ay, ay, ay. So we show it off when we don't yell ugly at our wife or treat them harshly, when we just love on them. And your wife's going, what did you do? You go, nothing, babe. I'm just trying to treat you nicely. Why? What happened? 
No, what, what really? What happened? Oh my gosh, what did you do now? I, I'm doing what Pastor said. Keep Pastor out of this. What, what? Don't listen to him. I'm trying to do what the Lord is telling me. You've never been nice like this. I'm, I'm wearing new clothes. Remind them. Say, I'm wearing new clothes. Wow, my dad and mom. Look, I was talking to a, a young man. Not like young. I mean, he's like in his 30s. And his mom died recently. And I told him, man, your mom and your dad are such amazing people. I love them so much, and it's hard to see your mama pass. And he goes, you know, Pastor, my mom and dad obviously were not always Christians. And he goes, and I was a young kid. My mom and dad had friends over all the time, and they were partying. They'd throw parties, and they, they weren't like wild parties, but they were wild parties, you know. And he goes, and all of a sudden, they got saved, and they quit having these wild parties. And they didn't come and tell me we're saved now. They just started living different. And they were having parties, but they were celebrating, and no liquor anymore, no smoking anymore. And it was just like, wow. See, their new clothing impacted their son so much that now as a grown man, he's a believer in Christ. You see, it tells us in Ephesians 5, 21 through 27, he goes, and further submit to one another. So it's not just about the women submitting to men. We think that that's like, like being a doormat. You submit, you do what I say. No, it says submit one to another out of reverence of Christ. And then it goes on to say, so wives... For wives, this is what it means. This means to submit to your husbands as to the Lord. Now look, if Jesus appeared at your house and said, Hey, mijita, hey, my daughter, would you bring me some water? I doubt that you would say, Get it yourself. You got legs. What's wrong with you? Get it your own self. Get, get me water. Who do you, you'd, say, you'd say, Yes, Lord, I'll get it for you. And look what it says for husbands. And for husbands, he goes... For the husband's the head of the house. He's the head of, the, of his wife. As Christ is the head of the church. And he goes on to say, he goes, and he's the savior of his body, the church. And so he's saying, it's really important that you understand that. And he says, and as the church submits to Christ, so the wives should submit to the husbands in everything. But look, ladies, don't get, don't get all stressed, because now he says to the husbands. And he goes, so husbands, this means love your wives. But I want you to love your wife as Jesus loved the church. See, Jesus loved the church so much, he died for her. He gave up his life for her, it says, to make her holy, to make her clean, washed by the cleansing of God's word. <laughs> so as the head of your house, you're supposed to be bringing the word of God in there, you're supposed to be bringing a righteous life that the whole household is now clean. And he says, and he did this to present her, meaning his wife, to himself as a glorious church. And he says this, he goes, without a spot or a wrinkle. 
He did this to present her without spot or wrinkle or any other blemish. Instead, she will be holy and without fault. So man, as the covering of your wife, she's going to she's gonna glow. And I'm telling you, when you have a wife that has a loving, caring, just amazing husband, your wife glows. She just walks around like the prince, the princess of the house. Because she submits herself to the king of the house. Now, Jesus is the ultimate king, but the head of the house, the man, is the king of your household. And she submits to him, and she just glows and says, that's my husband. He works so hard. He provides for us. He shelters us. He brings in the word of God to us. He's a godly man. He leads us to church. He goes to church. He's not ashamed of the gospel. He carries a Bible in his pocket, in his phone, or under his arm. Man, my husband loves the Lord, and he's not afraid to show it. And when you got a husband like that, you glow. And when you have a wife like that, you glow. And I'm telling you, we have all these proud roosters walking around going, Oh, what does a rooster do? I don't even know. But the rooster, the rooster still crows. The saying in Spanish, Este gallo todavía pica. This rooster still has a little bit left in him because his bride is walking by his side and he's like, yeah, baby, that, yeah, that's my wife. That's my wife. And people go, really? You submit to your husband? Oh, yeah. It's easy to submit to him because he bends over backwards for me. He gives and gives and gives to me. You see, Matthew five sixteen says, in the same way, let your good deeds shine. Let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. And see, when you wear your new spiritual clothing and you show it off in a humility, a humble way because it says you're clothing with, clothed with humility, so you don't go around going, look at me, look at me. You go around saying, look what the Lord has done. He healed my body. He healed my mind. He saved me just in time. I'm going to praise his name. His word's just the same. Look what the Lord, look what the Lord has done. So you came here today to renew your vows to say, you know what? <laughs> this spiritual clothing that I wear, I now want to say to my wife, I want to say to my husband, I want to renew and make a new commitment to you. So first, before we get to that, I hope and pray every one of us changes the way we dress spiritually. So, Lord, in the name of Jesus, would you renew our walk with you? And if any one of you here has never given your life to Jesus and you want to give your life to Jesus tonight, raise your hand and say, Pastor, that's me. Is there anyone here tonight? 
Say, I've never given my life to Jesus, and I want to do that. So, Father, help us to start clothing ourselves with the holy clothing of the Lord and to get rid of our old, old self. And I pray this in Christ's name, amen. All of you that want to renew your vows, you could either stand where you are or you could come right here in front of the altar. Make your way up right now. Make your way up if you're going to renew your vow. And I hope those of you that are not will stay here right now to pray for them. Encourage them. Stand right across the front. Husbands, face your wife. Wives, face your husband. Hold on to each other's hand. Face each other, husbands and wives. Just like you did the day you got married. If you want to do that just where you're sitting, you can stand up. Stand up and do it right there. You don't have to come up. But I encourage every family that's married here to really take time to do this. Husbands, would you look into your wife's eyes and would you repeat this vow saying after me, here we go, men. Say this, as your husband, knowing everything about you, and our past I thank God for seeing us through the good and the difficult times I forgive you for any past hurts you may have caused and look forward to the many years of our lives together men Say it out loud and say, I once again commit my life to you, to be my wife, to have and to hold from this day forward, for better, for worse, for richer, for poorer, in sickness and in health, to love and to cherish until we are separated by death. And as God is my witness, I give you my promise. Women, would you look into your husband's eyes and say to them, as your wife, knowing everything about you and our past, I thank God for seeing us through the good and difficult times I forgive you for any past hurts that you may have caused and look forward to the many years of our lives together. I once again commit my life to you to be my husband, to have and to hold from this day forward for better, for worse, for richer, for poorer in sickness and in health, to love and to cherish until we are separated by death. As God is my witness, I give you my promise. Heavenly Father, I pray over every man and woman right now that
committed themselves to these promises. And I pray, Lord, that you relieve them of any past hurts and give them great hope for the days and years that lie ahead. In Christ's name, husbands, you may kiss your bride. Praise the Lord, everybody. Henry, would you bring your bride up here? <laughs> this is Henry and April. Stand right over here. They just got married earlier today. Hold each other's hand. Heavenly Father, we pray abundant blessings over Henry and April. Father God, I pray that whatever past they have, that they leave it at the foot of the cross. Any generational curses that they bring to this marriage right now, they cancel them by the blood of Jesus Christ. That Father God, Henry would be a spiritual leader in his home and April would be a spiritual woman and that together they will be an incredible bond. Two are better than one, but a triple braided cord is even better. And that triple cord, the third cord is Christ the Lord. So bind them together. Make a knot that will never unravel. Lord, bless this marriage abundantly. That Lord, they have an abundance of love and an abundance of, for, of forgiveness. As quickly as they offend, let them forgive that quickly. We pray blessing over their marriage. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Henry, you may kiss your bride. Isn't that awesome? For those of you that are single, thank you for supporting them, and everyone that stood up today. For those of you at home, we pray abundant blessing. Would everyone stand as we be dismissed in prayer? Father, thank you for clothing us with the clothing of the Lord, with the Holy Spirit clothing. Father God, we truly are leaving our old clothing at the foot of the cross. Father God, send it back to the pit of hell where it belongs. We want to walk in newness of life, the newness of our covering, which is Jesus Christ our Lord. Whether they're in this sanctuary or watching online, I pray abundant blessings in Jesus Christ's name. And God's people said, Amen. I love you, church. God bless you. Be blessed.